It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. That takes me back. Holy. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, but same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Wolf GMC Buick.com. I'd like to say hello to Doug and to Mary today. Hope they're doing well. What was that? Just a little cough, nothing major. Are you okay? Are I'm you, okay. Are you, are, you, are you ill? You don't want to pass no, along fine. the germs and then I will become... Is that your plan? <laughs> Honestly. No, but only because and, I'm too The nice to thing I said to you this entire month of whatever it is, September, and then you try to, you know, bring the germs. Listen, I could never be a walking bio disease because I'm too vain to get myself sick. I care about my health too much. Wow. Yeah. That was nicely set up and delivered. <laughs> Not bad. Okay. Now you are doing declinations, which is our fancy way of saying that I get to sit back and do nothing. Well, you talk a lot. No, you, you comment mostly. You usually add more to the conversation, more to the list than well, I do. Well, just because I, I, just... I can't, I love my voice, so I keep talking. But this is a good segment. I like the idea. I like the name. What have you got for us today? So today, teased it before the, uh, before the break there, I have the top five players you forgot played for that team. And I wanted to do something along the lines of like, wow, that guy doesn't look, he doesn't look right in that jersey. But this, this title rolled off the tongue a little bit better. So, okay. Number five. Jerry Rice on the Seattle Seahawks, best best wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Everyone Each. knows him for the time the his time with the 49ers, but in 2004 Jerry Rice had 11 games with the Seahawks, 25 catches, 362 yards. Last you, season of his career. You told me this and I I called you names and called you a liar. I yes. did not believe you, but it is actually correct. It is Jerry Rice played for the Seahawks. Players you forgot played for that team. That's number 5. Terrible, terrible visual. I I'm not even going to look it up. But I imagine there are photographs of him uh, that you've evidence. Oh, it looks weird. It's not something you want to see. It's, it's it's something that just looks a little bit out of place, but you can't put your finger on it. It's mm-hmm. one of those. Number four, Patrick Ewing, legendary New York Knicks center, first overall pick in the 1985 draft in a rigged NBA draft, apparently. Yes. Frozen envelope. He played for the Orlando Magic in 2001, 2002. He averaged six points and four rebounds in 14 minutes a night and played 65 games with the team. Again, that was the last season of his career. That was off the bench time. Yeah. He and was a very great player. I, I, he didn't win a championship, but. Did not. Got no. the Knicks to the finals. Uh, did a lot of good things. I think probably the Knicks' best player in franchise history, even though he didn't win that title. Maybe the most iconic, maybe not the best, but okay. played for the Magic, and it was uh, weird to look at. Same year, same league, number three, Hakeem Olajuwon with the Toronto Raptors. Yes. That one just does not look right. He he averaged a little bit better than Patrick in uh, that season there. 7.1 points, six rebounds in 61 games, and again, running trend here, last season in the NBA. Wow. Great player. Great player. The dream. Beat Shaq 4 nothing in that... Uh, that first finals, Shaq said he just couldn't figure him out. He couldn't figure out his footwork in the low post. Number two. Now, people around here may not be so quick to forget this one, um, but it, it's it's so forgettable to me. Paul Coffey with the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I was at the end there. Yeah, 2000, 2001, 18 games with the Bruins, four apples, 30 penalty minutes, and again, end of his career. Riding off into the sunset in Boston. He was he was watching him skate during his time in Edmonton was like that was worth the price of admission. He was such a great skater, yeah. man. I know he played with Carolina as well. He did towards the end. Yeah. He did. 
My number one player you forgot played for that team. Any guesses? Well, I, like it depends on how far back you go. Are we, are we done with football and hockey? This one, this one's hockey. Okay, so, um, you know, it, it's all era dependent. But they're like, you know, uh, Luke Robitaille. I think you could get people on Luke Robitaille, but uh, maybe Brett Hull. I'm not sure where you're going, but there's a lot of them out there. Well, Lotad, I'm pleased to inform you, you did nail it. It was Brett Hull. Okay. Do you know which team I'm talking about, though? Well, you know, I think people would go, like, I don't know how many people, because they knew they were he was drafted by the Calgary Flames. But, I mean, he he was sent away so early in his career, right? Like, very, very early in his career. I think if you said, you know, he played for the Calgary Flames, people might be surprised. But I think I know... Um, I know the team you're talking about, but why don't you tell everybody who he played for? The Phoenix Coyotes. Yeah. 2005, 2006, five games with the team, had one apple, and again, end of his career. Legendary career that finished five, with five games in Phoenix. He was a, he was a great player, and he is even a more interesting, like, if you ever got a chance, Brett Hall's speaking at something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Go see him. He's very funny. I've seen him on stage a couple of times. He's got a great sense of humor about himself. And it's especially good when one of his teammates is there because teammates tell on him. Uh, teammates who are roommates will tell on him. And he was, Brett Hall enjoyed all of North America while he was playing. Couple honorable mentions. Randy Moss with the Titans. Emmett Smith with the Cardinals. Manny, Manny Ramirez with the Tampa Bay Rays. Those were a couple other ones that came to mind, but I felt, uh, I thought I put together a good list. Uh, if you if you have old people in conversation, you can you can you can have a lot of fun with the um, WHA and the the ABA mm-hmm. because people go oh, okay well Julius Irving Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, but you know he 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 didn't just play for the Seventy Sixers. He played in seventy five seventy six. He played for the Nets and. I don't know how many people know that. How many? He, he, I mean, he played more than just 75, 76, but he played for the Nets. He uh, had such a legendary career that I think, and but like not just a legendary career, he made a name for himself in the ABA. He did. Which You're is right. why I think people may remember that. The one that I think is actually, and I don't think many people are going to know this, but I'll say it anyway. The flip of that, a guy who was an ABA legend, he would have been the best player to never play in the NBA, but he did play in the NBA for 11 games in 1977, was Mel Daniels. This guy played for the Pacers in the ABA, was incredible, averaged like 15-plus rebounds a season. People talk about him like he was the best player to never play in the NBA, but he did go to the NBA for 11 games. And people don't know. People probably don't know who Mel Daniels is, but if you do, you probably don't know he had 11 games with the Knicks in 77. Or maybe 78, maybe. You are, you are a... Uh, uh, um a great resource in this area. I didn't realize Reggie you've done Miller that much research. That. Reggie Miller taught me that on, on an NBA roundtable episode. I, what I remember most about Reggie Miller was how angry Knicks fans were at him. Um, I think it was Knicks fans, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Knicks fans. I think they did a thirty. Did they? I, oh yeah. Where did I see that show where where everybody was just yelling and and he just couldn't miss? Yep. Knicks won that series, by the way. But what, still, yeah, he, he, he trolled them badly. What's your opinion of uh, plus minus and fantasy hockey? Well, I, I prefer. 
like plus minus has value. I know people dump on plus minus, but it does tell you, you know, if you, if you go to a team site and you sort plus minus and one guy's plus 47 and the other guy's minus 33 at the top and the bottom end, I'm telling you the guy plus 47 is a hell of a hockey player. So it does have value. I will say that. Orders to watch tonight. Uh, it's on Orders Plus. I know people get mad about this, but it's like nine dollars for a month. It's not a. It's not going to ruin you. Maybe it will. I shouldn't say that. But I think that if you're an Oilers fan, um, I I I I have not subscribed to it previously. I will tell you. I thought about it in June, but I got too busy. Uh, but I subscribed this month, and I I watched one game. I'll watch another one now. And I, I think that I, there may be one or two left. I, I, you know, free enterprise is a thing. Not, not everything is a negative. And the Edmonton Oilers are a company run by an individual and he has the right to charge if, if, or the company does, if they believe that the value is there. And, more and more, the, the hockey team has priced itself out of a lot of people's lives. And so this is maybe a way for people to get involved or to, to you know, uh, take part in things that they wouldn't ordinarily see. I don't know. I, I think that's probably the marketing background of the of the idea. You know, I, I write for The Athletic. That's a subscription site. I'm asking you. To subscribe to The Athletic, by the way, there's a deal on right now, but I'm asking you to subscribe, click on my article, subscribe to it and read it. I don't see that as being hugely different than what the orders are doing. And I know that people will come at me and and call me all kinds of names because they they do, but I I will tell you that the, the, the amount that you spend when you click on my story for The Athletic, you are going to get paid in, in... millions and millions of time with all the sports and all the great writing at the athletic. So for the Oilers, they have stuff all year. They have stuff on the draft, which I really like. You get, you get stuff first, information first. And I think it's going that way. I don't think the the Oilers might be first, but they're not going to be last. And I have said that people get mad at me, but I have said in the past that I think that the access will probably be a lot less in the future. Media access. That's what I believe. I think we're heading that way. Orders to watch tonight, I would say Dylan Holloway, Xavier Borgo, Raphael Lavoie. Those are the three that I would really pay attention to and focus on. If Olivier Rodrigue plays in goal tonight, I would watch that as well. Jack Campbell is the other goalie. He'd be worth watching. Marcus Niemelainen, I believe, is playing. Those are the guys that I would probably pay attention to. Fellas, what's your ideal bottom six for the Oilers with the players they have? Well, I'd go McLeod, Fogle, and Holloway on the third line. And then if it were me personally, I'd go Derek Ryan at center, Raphael Lavoie, and Matthias Yanmark on the fourth line. Those would be my choices. Buddy, jam and cheese sandwiches are where it's at. Classic Dutch snack. Well, I am Dutch. I didn't know that that was a classic Dutch snack. I cheer for everything Edmonton. Born and raised, only team I cheer for with enthusiasm outside of Edmonton is the Jays. They're good, but they've got to live up to that Toronto expectation. Like they're the only team that matters. That's a tough thing to overcome from Gord Oil. Well, that's, that's fair. 
I do not know that that comment about the somebody who was pregnant. I don't I don't get that one. So I'm just going to succession on. reference. Succession reference. Oh. We, when we were spoiling the show, and I I do feel bad about that because I I did give away the whole end of the show. Well, and you should you know be you should feel shame for that. It came out like it came out in March. Like if you well, haven't seen it by now, what okay. are you doing? To make things fair, I will give away the end of Mash, the television show, so that we're even. It was a baby. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. Remember that? From Seinfeld? Yeah. Uh, can't. I love a Seinfeld reference. Julie Louis-Dreyfus. So funny. Remember that time I said prez instead of beep, veep? <laughs> I am so helpful to people. Is it mushrooms? Yes. People said turnip, green peppers, a lot of mushrooms, a lot of turnips. This is my favorite text so far today. Well, that's five minutes I can never get back because we don't really know what it was about, but we believe him that he really felt that way. I think it was when we were talking about mushrooms, and I hear where he's coming from. You turn in, you tune in to hear Low Tide talk about talk about the Oilers and talk about sports, and hear his producer is talking about mushrooms. I would get a little antsy too, so I hear where he's coming from. I I think that people. I've been on the air for. I'm going to say 14 straight years. And if you've heard me over those 14 years and you expect wall-to-wall radio about sports for two hours a day, then you have not been listening to me because I talk about everything. I will talk. Nothing's off limits for me. Ask me anything. I will, I will choose not to if it's profane or something or, or you know, um, a personal attack. But I, if you ask me anything, I'll tell you the answer. I'm not... I'm not the guy who says, oh, no, I can't do that. Low Tide and Dangerous Declan. Great show as always. Your book, LT, where can I purchase? Hemi, uh, Oilers fan in YYC. You can, any, like, it's in, it's in bookstores in, in Edmonton all over the place. I've run out. I got to order more. And I said I was going to, and then I didn't. Big liar man that I am. Declan isn't a very fun guy. <laughs> so th- is this is this a oh I got it okay because I thought maybe this is somebody that you knew maybe you grew up with growing up I hated Jamie McCown and Dana Merzen now if I met them I'd tell them that but also mention how great they were a fun part of growing up yeah I, the, because I I believe specifically that that McCown and Messier were always involved in something. What about Wayne Gretzky playing for the Blues? Problem with that is that Gretzky was so famous, everybody remembers everywhere he went. Especially here. Like, you're not going to forget where Gretzky no, went. No, no. Maybe if you live in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you forgot he played for the Blues, but but not here. Chelios was a thrasher. I remember that, too. Low Tide, what would change to do my... What would you charge to do my voicemail message? Uncool Dad. I wouldn't charge you anything. You just tell me what it is, and I will read it into the phone for you or whatever. You just meet me one day. I'll do I won't charge you for that. I would never charge anybody for that. I'd say, hi, this is Low Tide. Uncool Dad's not here right now. And then, you know, leave your message. When the building's full, Cates is just laughing at people. I don't think he is. You know what I think about Daryl Cates? I think that Daryl Cates cares. And I think that when he goes to, 
you know, golfing with his buddies or he's on the phone with his buddies and they're ripping him, I think it bothers him. He pays to the cap every year. He tries to hire the right people. And guess what? He did this summer. You heard it here first. I don't know if you did or not, but I'll say that. Are we late for Lansky now? Because I've been yammering away like a fool, like a fool. No, we're we're making pretty good time. We could probably go whenever here, but uh, it's not uh, it's not too too bad. You're so good because you, I'm two minutes late and you're not even going to say it out loud. You're a good man. That's yeah, a short stack. Steve Latsky on the way. This is the lowdown with Low Tide in Sports fourteen forty. It's the lowdown on Sports fourteen forty, and really, you don't have a choice if you want to listen to sports in Edmonton. We're the show. Bob moved. Nothing I can do. I didn't tell him to. It just happened that way. You know, we try to have a, a large group of guests from all different walks of life. You know, we have uh, Ryan Pike, who's a, a journalist and a broadcaster. We had Tata Yaremchuk, who's the new wave of broadcaster and online media person. Uh, and now we have Steve Lansky, a uh, well-known retiree and ne'er-do-well, joining us from, are you in Calgary now or where are you? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I left the rink because the game just ended and it's too loud in the rink. And I'm sitting on a guardrail overlooking the Deerfoot Trail. So it's nice and quiet. I wanted it nice and quiet, you know, to give you an update as a ne'er-do-well. I thought I could, you know, improve my state by at least being in a quiet place. I don't know why I decided to call you a ne'er-do-well, but I will tell you it was on the way to work several hours ago. So that yes. was that was yes. in the holster. Uh, don't tell me. Don't tell me you didn't know when you just. De- you know exactly when you decided. It was several years ago. <laughs> yeah. when it was. Probably you're right. So you're you're watching the showcase, right? The AJHL showcase. I am. It's fantastic. The Kodiaks just beat the Oil Barons one nothing. Forty save shutout. Wow. Liam Bechtold. Yes. The 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 Kodiaks are off to a good start, right? Like they're playing well this year, and I I think the hockey in the AJ is very good. But they they are you know the, these rosters turn over, but they still seem to have quality every year. Yeah, they had a tough game yesterday. They led uh, Grand Prairie two nothing, fell behind three two, tied at three three, and then lost in a shootout. It was a hell of a game. So they had a one goal loss and a one goal win in the showcase. You know, I just love that you, I, I, there's lots I really like about you, mostly your wife, but I, there's a lot of things I like about you personally. <laughs> and and one of them is that you love like local amateur hockey enough to go out to the rink and actually really enjoy it. And you're, you're, you're very, like you do it a lot. You did it in Ontario. You're doing it here now. This is three days in a row. I'm coming again tomorrow. I absolutely adore it. It's just the whole feeling of the rink since I went to my first hockey game at Maple Leaf Gardens in the 60s. And, and you know, I think it really came when I watched the Oilers in the WHA. I went with my aunt, and we would watch, and we absolutely loved it. And that love never went away. You know, Wayne Gretzky talks about his first game in Toronto. I think it was the Oakland Seals. Did, did, do you remember who was playing in your first game? You know, it's funny. I have racked my brains, and I do not. I can tell you two things I remember vividly. Number one, my aunt tells me that when Bruce Gamble, who you will, of course, remember, would make a save, I would go out in the in the aisle where the stairs were and make the same save. Oh. And, yes, and a lot of the fans at Maple Leaf Garden thought that was pretty cute that this little kid was going out and making the saves in the aisle. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I remember, it wasn't my first game, but I remember being at Tim Horton's last game, and I don't know why I would remember that, 
but I remember it was one of the early games I went to at Maple Leaf Garden. It's a very good memory. I, I, you know, have you gone back through that year and looked at Bruce Gamble's home starts to see maybe if you could surround it? I have not because I don't know what year it was. My aunt had a quarter share of a season ticket, okay. and she used to take us about ten times a year. But I was probably six years old, seven years old. Okay. I remember cheering for that last Stanley Cup team, so I was pretty young. Yeah. Well, these are great memories, and I love the fact that you that you went so early, and it was a lifetime of uh, going to rinks and enjoying it. Um, I try every day to come up with really interesting things to talk about with the Edmonton Oilers uh, training camp, and they've been doing it since 79, and this might be one of the more boring ones. I remember Glenn Sather saying he wishes that he could send away a veteran because it would wake up the roster, but this roster seems so set, and the preseason games don't seem to matter at all, like at all. Right. So my, I'm getting the vibe from you that that concerns you. <laughs> I, I think it should be the opposite. I think that should be really, really comforting. Now, assuming the Oilers have the right players in the right position, that's the kind of camp you want, my friend. It's the camp with no drama, with nothing going on, where everybody understands what the goal is, and we're not going to achieve it in September. All we're going to do is make sure we have the right people in the right places. I think it's a good sign that there's nothing going on in camp. I really do. Well, your logic and reason it just is overwhelming my panic. So we'll... <laughs> <laughs> I can't go anywhere with that because you're right, so I have to move on to the next subject, which is Jay's postseason expectations. They won last night, great pitching outing, uh, and they've got the magic number is two. Are you surprised at all it's gone this long, and are you worried at all? I know the answer is no, but are you worried at all about the Jays? Yeah, not surprised. Uh, I would be more comfortable with the Jays if they could figure out a way to make Chris Bassett the starter in every single game. But <laughs> I don't think, like, I'm no genius, but I don't think that's possible. I don't think they can do that. Um, I think if they get, let's assume they play Tampa. I think if they get past Tampa, it's kind of a minor, a minor miracle. Because I think, I don't have it in front of me, two years ago, I think they could have beaten Tampa last year. They definitely should have beaten Seattle. So I think sometimes you get what you get, but at a different time. But I think if they end up playing the Rays in Tampa, I think they can win. You know, I assume Bassett would start one, and if not one, then two. But you really want your horse in one. Last year that was Manoa, nowhere to be seen. Uh, I assume it'll be Bassett, and that would be a big deal if they could get a one-game lead in that series. I, I, it's going to hurt me to ask you about him because I know you're going to be honest with me, but I'm worried about Vladdy. Uh, in, in, in what way? At the plate. I, just, I, I think that the moment is big, and I saw him slam the bat last night, and I, I, I know, you know he's hitting home runs lately, and that's great, but I, I, I worry that he's, he's um, maybe not in the right frame of mind uh, that, that you need to be in the postseason because it can eat you up. Yeah, well, you want to know why you're worried about that? Because you should be worried about that. Because if I'm Blatty and I'm swinging at a pitch that's chin high and them breaking my bat, here's a good idea. Don't swing at that pitch, dummy. Get your head where your head needs to be. And that would be my assessment of him. His head is somewhere, just not where it needs to be. And, you know, it always amazes me with athletes. And I get that some of them are really fragile. I mean, some of them, you knew what you were going to get every single time they walked between the white lines. And there's other guys that you don't. And I think Vladdy's one of those guys. 
And when you have to hope and pray that a guy's going to be in the right frame of mind when the postseason starts, I, I'm with you. That, that guy worries me because you don't know what you're going to get. Whereas when you get a, you know, a different player that, that's pretty much, you know, you always knew what you were going to get from Johnny Bench. You always knew what you were going to get from Reggie Jackson. Big moments and a bunch of strikeouts and a little bit of drama. Vladdy, I don't know what I'm going to get. And unpredictable is not what you want as a manager or a fan or probably as a player. Steve Lansky joins us. That's a hell of a picture you sent out of Liam Bechtold talking to himself in that there. I waited till the third period and I could get in position and I thought, you know, I got to get a shot of this because I can't read his lips, but there was always a speech that he gave himself for about mm, 30, 40 seconds until the referee skated over and said, you ready to go? And he said, yep and put his mask on. It was fascinating to watch. I love goaltenders anyway. It was fascinating to watch him work that game. So, Steve Lansky, earlier in the week you tweeted out something about uh, Taylor Swift, and I I have resisted the urge to DM you about it, but I, you know I'm going to ask you about it because... I, 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 it's not trepidation. It's, it's not anticipation either, but I'm fascinated about what you're going to say about Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. In terms of television coverage? Well, in terms of whatever you were tweeting out about, like, what is it, what is it about Taylor Swift that's caught your eye, uh, in terms of how the media has covered it or, or how it's being, I guess, digested? Yeah. So I get why peripheral media or, you know, entertainment media would be all gunned about this. But I got to tell you, if I'm producing a game, and I guess it was Fox last week and NBC this week, if I'm producing a game and she's in the building, we're going to have a serious pregame production meeting. And I can tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of conflicting viewpoints because there will be people in that production meeting who say, are we here to cover a game or are we here to cover an event? Because those are two different things. Now, almost every director I've ever met will want to cover the event. They'll want to show Taylor Swift as many times as they can. They'll have split screens, three ways, four way splits. They don't care. They will get her on any minute they can get her on. But when you get a producer who just wants to produce a football game, it's almost like a, you know, they get the the streaker running on the field and they don't show them anymore. They just say, oh, there's an interruption in play. It's not quite like that, but to me it's close. Well, you don't show that because that's not part of the the game. I'm not sure showing Taylor Swift all the time is part of the game. It It would be a serious discussion, and then somebody would say, yeah, but it's eyeballs. We want eyeballs on our game. No, you, you, what you want is eyeballs on your event. It's not getting you any eyeballs on your game. In fact, it's getting you eye rolls from true football fans. I, I think it's really, it would be fascinating to be in those meetings because I guarantee you they haven't been quiet ones. You know, I, I, it didn't occur to me you were going to go that way. I'm glad we talked about it because for me, I, when I'm watching a football game, it's you, they're going to go to the, like, uh, what I get irritated with Al Michaels is clearly trying to get out of the booth as quickly as he can to go to the track. That bothers me. Well, it does. You know, in the second quarter, he's talking, well, yeah, this game is going to take a long time. I'm not going to get out of here for a while. It's, and so like that it, to me is distracting, but they always show the, the, the sidelines and the, and the crowd, depending upon what it is, some goof in Cleveland with a, with a Fido mask or whatever. So I, I don't like, 
but your point is well taken. What are you covering and what's the important part of the, the broadcast? And it does become a little, I don't know if farce is the thing, but it does become something different than it, than it would be in an ordinary uh, environment. It does. And Winnie, uh, we'll use Taylor Swift as an example. When are you showing her? Are you like, is she part of your cut pattern? Because that's what it looked like last week. You know, player, player, fan, player, Taylor Swift, fan, fan, Taylor Swift, player. Like, you don't want that to be part of your cut pattern. You just don't. There has to be something there for you to take that shot. And when people start talking about it repeatedly, it's time to examine what the cut pattern is and whether or not we should maybe be thinking more about something else than trying to feed the entertainment aspect of the game. I realize it's an aspect, but it's not 30%. It's probably 4%. you got to find that happy medium. Fox did not. It'll be interesting to see what what they do subsequently if she's at more Chiefs game. Well, I remember when uh, I think Comrie was playing for Ottawa and Hillary Duff was there, and they panned to her, and she just she just dropped like she'd stepped into an elevator shaft. And I was fascinated by that because I didn't think any, I, she must have just I don't know how the hell she got down there that quickly. She just dropped like crazy quick, and that was fascinating to me. But. You're right. Sitting in the stands and smiling and laughing is a is a you know it's not like it changed in the last twenty seconds. Don't necessarily have to go back to that. Fair. Yeah, she she dropped in terms of I don't want the camera on me. You guys yeah, should be showing she, the game and yeah. She went down right. behind the 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 you know whatever the the obstruction was in the the, the uh, uh, she was obviously in the expensive seats. But I was just amazed that she caught it so quickly and then was gone and disappeared. Well, it's interesting because when you get celebrities who are couples, um, they're usually, you know, if they're mature, they're pretty different to the other person. You know, we're here for a hockey game. Let's not worry about me. We're here for a concert. Let's not worry about me as an athlete. But if you're going to stand beside, you know, uh, Travis's mother, maybe your future mother-in-law, you got to figure you're going to be on camera all the time. Now, I'm not saying she should turn down camera minutes. I'm saying this is a this is a television issue that they have to address a little more than they did last week. Well, I don't think you're going to come off as haters going to hate, but it's an interesting element that you've passed along, and I didn't think about the about the the production value and the argument that would happen. But now I'm fascinated to see what that might look like. So you've given us something to think about, sir. It would definitely be an argument. It, it, if, if it wasn't an argument, it would be a hell of a heated discussion because I've been in them on far less important shows than that. And let me tell you, people get heated about their ideas about what should be on TV and what shouldn't. But when you were producing uh, television broadcasts, sports television broadcasts, you were a go-with-the-flow guy, right? Well, <laughs> yes, but it, depend, <laughs> it depends on what you're trying to do. And I was a real hockey purist. But there are guys who just think, oh, we got to show this, we got to show that, it's happening, we got to do this. It's, it's too much. Just, just show me the game, man. I tuned in for the game, not to see who's in the stand. Love it. All right, so you go back to the game. Thanks so much for joining us, and have a great weekend, sir. Next one's at 2 o'clock. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. All right, there's Steve Lansky, one of the more famous ne'er-do-wells in uh, Calgary right now. Him and your Remchuk, both up to no good. Yeah, well, you know. Down I mean, south. it's it's just the the you know the the layabouts and the people who have all day off. You know, you give people time during the day to to do whatever they want, and this is what you end up with. 
My 19-year-old daughter watched the whole NFL game by herself and was cheering at play. She's never done that before. Well, I, I don't think it's like I think it's all people do whatever they want, right? You know, and and I mean, it's you know, Kansas City is not an exciting, you know, sexy city, but now all of a sudden it's very interesting, you know. And I think that that I think the idea that that it will kind of open up both, like the the thing that I argued with earlier in the week is I see people saying, "Well, here she goes." She's trying to draw attention to herself so she can be more famous. If you really understand how famous she is compared to Kelsey and the Chiefs, like it's not it's not in the same stratosphere. She is dating way below her celebrity tax bracket. I think so. She is I think she's like the, the one of the top 5 most famous people on the on planet Earth. Right. She's Muhammad Ali in 1975 is Michael what she Jackson is. in 1984. Yes. Right. Exactly. She's, she's that level today. Right. And, and whatever, you know, this is the biggest, we're talking about it. You know, I don't, I barely know. I know the haters going to hate song. I know, um, that's it really. Um, what's that one that I can't remember? What's the, what's her most famous song? Her most famous song? I mean, maybe love story. Oh, listen, I'm not a, t- I'm not a Swifty. So this, I may be coming off, uh, uninformed here, but I think maybe love story is up there. Mm-hmm. Blank space was a huge one for her. Um, shake it off I shake remember. it off was another big one for yeah. but really every time she releases a new song it's like the biggest song in the world so i don't know i think my daughter would say cruel summer here is that one i i don't know i my favorite song by her is today was a fairy tale so well now that's can you hum us a few bars today was a fairy tale <laughs> i won <laughs> not but I'll, I'll do better than hum it i'll, I'll sing the whole okay, thing for then you. i'm gonna come back with my I'm so lonesome I could cry or I can't help it if I fall in love. We should do a a karaoke segment. (laughs) I was just thinking. We should because, you know, some people are still listening. We can kill that, too. Why not? Okay, we'll take a break. Your comment. We had tons of comments from you. We're going to pass them all along next. This is a lowdown with low tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown. Sports 1440 at 143. And all of Declan's favorite songs from his youth. And he was listening to the transistor radio. and oh, Man, I almost cut your mic and just let that one play. <laughs> you know, it hurt. I, when, when you were playing Schools Out uh, last break and we we're coming back from it, I used to play that every year on the last day of school because I'm an idiot. Of course. But, but I would. I'd go home and I'd just blare that puppy as loud as I could. I don't blame you. I would have I done the same thing. Oh, if it came so out good. It, Dazed and Confused, that movie with uh, that, yeah. that song was in it. That was just, basically my my youth. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I used to watch that movie every Friday when I was in junior high, and I used to sit there and think, like, man, I can't wait for high school. Yeah. It's going to be exactly like this. Everybody was that stupid, just so you know. <laughs> like, they didn't fake anything. You know, they just wrote it all down. It's like uh, slap shot, you know. That was hockey. It felt like it had that element to it. So the Oilers play the Flames tonight. The Flames have a lot of, of experience. Dustin Wolf and Vladar are the goalies. Rasmus Anderson, Chris Tanev, Noah Hannafin are among the defensemen. Huberdo, Backlin, uh, Shurgonovich, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Coleman, Lindholm, Dubé, uh, Coronado, the youngster, they got. They have a very veteran cadre. It's basically the Flames' opening night roster with a couple of rookies and youngsters sprinkled in. The Oilers, all young. Campbell and Rodrigo, the goalies. You do have CeCe Kulak as defenseman. Then DeHarnay, Alex Peters, Phil Kemp, Marcus Niemelainen, Noel Hoffenmeyer. And then the forwards are Drake Kajula, Derek Ryan, Greg McKaig, Lane Peterson, Seth Griffith, Brad Malone, Warren Fogel, Carter Savoy, Xavier Borgo, 
uh, Dylan Holloway, James Hamblin, and Raphael Lavoie. I wrote an article about Lavoie today in The Athletic and why he's important and why these games are important. And I have to tell you, I like the fact that Lavoie has to play against a really strong defensive group in Calgary. They've got a great defense. And he's going to have to play well to even make an impression at all. Not just score, but to make an impression. And that's the goal. I think he did in Winnipeg, and I think he will tonight. We'll find out. But it won't be easy, and it shouldn't be. I don't think Swift is dating Kelsey. It's just a marketing move. I don't know. I don't think so. These pretzels are making me thirsty. Remember when he had that line in the... Was it a Woody Allen film? These pretzels are making me thirsty. Lansky is such a beauty. I love how he told Vladdy to do that thing without actually saying do that thing. Greg from Lacombe. Yes. He has a, he's a wordsmith, that Lansky. More of it looks weird in that jersey for Blues Gretzky. Was that what St. Louis was trying to do what the Rangers did and got a bunch of 80s Oilers. Well, you know, the the Rangers were very... Like that 94 Stanley really should have gone to Edmonton. They should have just signed it over. It was Wilton, the Lakers, Kareem and the Bucks, Lakers and Julius and the Sixers. Yeah, he was in New Jersey and then he went to... I think he went to the... I, I don't want to say... But I know he was in New Jersey, and then he went to the 76ers. Low Tide, what is a trip that you've gone on that you were disappointed by? Just getting you to go down a random path. Uh, Disappointed by. Hmm. You know... I, you know, I, I... we took a cruise years and years ago, and um, we had agreed to do the cruise, and then it took two years to the, for the cruise to get together. I don't remember why, but a deal fell through, and the cruise, we were going to bring a bunch of people with us who had tuned into the radio station and signed up. And um, so at two years later, we had, you know, when, when when we signed up, my son had been born, uh, but then when we went, my daughter was very small and my son was, and it was a lot of work for grandma in Medicine Hat. And it was a lot of work. It was a lot of, it was very difficult for my wife to leave both of our children. And so um, I thought we'd go on a cruise that would be lovely. And I did enjoy myself, but it was very hard for me to uh, be on the tour with my wife, who who I remember calling from Grenada um, and her just being so upset about about being that far away from our children and so we were Grenada is drop dead gorgeous just so you know it is so lush and beautiful and Dominica is as well and all the saints Bart's and the others uh we we I loved it I had a great time but there was a hole in my heart because my wife was so upset because she missed her kids and I'm they're my kids too, but I it's different. I th- you know I it's not like I didn't miss my kids. I'm really digging a hole here, Declan. I not like I didn't miss my kids, but I was able to to not worry about them so much, whereas she worried about them, 
and she worried about her mom, who was a little bit older at the time, and the 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 chore that it was. And we tried to get out of it, but you, you know, we had we had made a deal, and and so we we honored it. So it was tough. That's a trip that I didn't like. What about you? Anything you didn't like? All the trips I've been on have been been pretty good. I've been very fortunate. There was a, I went to Cuba in 2017. Beautiful place, but like the last two or three days, I was there for a week. The last two or three days, I had pretty bad food poisoning. So, you know, you never want that. But on, the, honestly, like the trip as a whole was great. It was a beautiful mm-hmm. country. I liked it there. But I mean, you know, food poisoning will put a damper on anything. So I guess that. Yeah, I, I, th- I think it depends on like you have to be, you have to be like, I, th- I don't think that I don't think I've ever been on a trip that was all bad. I went camping with my brother and his wife in the late 70s, and it was just so cold. And it was like midsummer, but it was so cold in the tent. It was just freezing. And then um, uh, she and I got along fabulously, but he got in a fight with his wife, and that made it difficult. So I ended up being, um, we just listened to the radio while my brother got upset. It was kind of wild. I went on a hiking trip a few summers ago, the Skyline Trail, um, with, with like four of my best friends. And it was a great trip, great time. But the first night we tented out, the tent got soaked and my entire pack got soaked and my sleeping bag got soaked and my, everything was soaked. Yeah. Woke up at like 3 a.m., couldn't, couldn't fall back asleep. We got up at six to, to keep hiking. And it was a beautiful trail, great trip with great friends. But in that moment, for like a brief hour, I was thinking, I'm never going on a hike ever again. I'm never camping ever again because it was so brutal. But I get that. it turned out well. I get that. I, I don't, you know, people, and then people touch the tent and then there's a, then the rain comes, you know, just leave. Anyway, I had my appendix taken out. Well, then in the Dominican Republic, that was interesting. When we were on the cruise, a, a guy had a really bad toothache and I went into, wherever it was, whatever uh, island we were on. And I got him a, uh, it was Johnson & Johnson, some some 222s or whatever was available. And they were, it was dirt cheap. I couldn't believe how inexpensive it was. And then I got a Coke and it was like $9. I'm like, holy mackerel, mix is expensive in this town. Taylor Swift will be worth a billion dollars soon. She doesn't need a reputation that needs rehabilitation. Why would she stoop to a marketing ploy? Doesn't make sense. Well, I'm with you. I don't know why she would. I think she likes the guy. You know, what I know about him is he's a pretty funny fellow. Um, He plays for the wrong team. The other Kelsey plays for the right team. But is that that thing? Why is it the, why does the, there is an ocean in the motion or a motion in the ocean in this studio, and we just go sideways. Was that you? Are you moving your foot around over there? Not me. Not me. We've been over this. It just rumbles sometimes around here. There's a lot going on in this mall. I know they have like a, like a train for the kids that runs on the first level. Could be that. Uh, but not me. I'm, I'm staying straight and, straight and narrow here. Yeah. And that, that train is not just for kids. It hurts me when you say that. All right, LT, I stand corrected. It was Nets and Sixers with Julius. Yes, yes. Julius Irving's my favorite. Well, yeah, I would still say he is my favorite basketball player. I, I have to tell you that I'm pretty fond of Joel Embiid, though. Yeah, he's both of them are great. Julius Irving's his like windmill underneath the rim dunk with his uh, where he like cupped the ball. One of the best plays I've ever seen. Still to this day. 
Halo Tide, I also hate cheese from Big Mac with no cheese. Happy Friday, Low Tide. Will we be able to listen to 1440 in Mexico next month? Can they? Mr. Typing Man, how can they listen to us in Mexico next month? Well, I do believe you can listen on the on the iHeartRadio or the Radio Player app. Uh, so that would be the best bets. Podcasts, of course, will be available on Spotify and Apple. So you may not get it live, but you can always get it after the show. Right. Drink your rum with water. It's healthier and cheaper. I will not. I like the Crown Royal, and I've moved from Coke to ginger ale. But those are my two drinks. And I will not give them up because they taste too good. They're tasty. You know, I will compromise a lot of things. I'm down to two coffees a day, and I'm trying to stay away from salt and sugar a little bit. But you you have to live, people. Right? I mean, you probably have cottage cheese in a straw or something because you're such a health nut. What did, what, did, what did I say about cheese? Oh, right. What did I say about cheese? <laughs> <laughs> Gonna come over here and punch me in the face. Nicely done. <laughs> well, cottage cheese is a little different. It's not like it's cheese cheese. Okay. I'll move on. Not to mess up a good story, it was Carrie Underwood uh diving to the floor. Sorry, you're right, Rob West. I can't keep track of people, but you're right, it was Carrie Underwood. Okay, are we done? Is that what you were telling me we're done? All right. It's been a great week. I think this is the best week we've done. Uh, mostly I'll give Declan credit for it, but we really appreciate you tuning in. We truly do. We're thrilled to be doing this and uh, back on the radio having fun and not working at all. So stay tuned for Jason Greger, and please have a great weekend.